the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is SoCal Live with Scott Furrow. Join the conversation now by texting Scott in the SoCal Live studio at 213-537-3812. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Southern California Live. Great to be with you today on this fine Thursday afternoon. I hope that you're doing well. A Merry Christmas to you. Always good to be with you from 3 to 5 right here on Southern California Live. Hey, this hour, we're going to talk about Title 42, which maybe you're hearing about in the news, because all of a sudden, everybody on the left and the right is concerned about immigration in our country, including our Governor Gavin Newsom. And there's no question in my mind uh, that we are not prepared for a a post-Title 42 world. Uh, And we need to reconcile the fact that the federal government is not committed to comprehensive reform, and that is a perilous path that we're on. All right. So there is a lot of information going around today, a lot of panic, because Title 42, which is a public health service act that was uh, used by Donald Trump in the Trump administration at the beginning of the covid that basically sent people uh, back to Mexico, allowed uh, people to send people back to Mexico before they came into the United States. And we'll get into exactly what all of that means. Well, uh, the Biden administration hasn't liked it and it will expire next week. On the 21st, and what everybody seems to think is that it is going to unleash hundreds of thousands of immigrants coming across the border illegally in most cases, and there will be a big law enforcement tool taken away. And that's going to affect California, Arizona, all the border states and all the other states because it's it's a pretty big number. And what I want to get to is to explain that what's going on there. And it takes some perspective that I think that we need to have when it comes to issues like this. My opinion is people on the left and the right, um, we don't handle this issue very well. Uh, so let me get to it. We In the last hour, we had a call holding over, and uh, she just dropped. I was going to take her call, so she had a great story. Last hour, we talked about prayer and how it impacts our life and how it matters and how it's actually doing something. And uh, so that was a really good hour. You can get the podcast if you want to hear that. All right. So back to this subject here. This matters greatly, and it's going to impact our lives. And I think, as I was saying, that we have a, a severe crisis, which has been known about, but now you're hearing about it everywhere. Governor Newsom started talking about it. Here is uh, that was Governor Newsom talking about this crisis and how the federal government needs to do something. This is uh, California Congressman Tom McClintock responding. I think it's typical uh, Newsom opportunism. Uh, uh, he knows that when uh, when Title 42 is lifted next week by this administration, uh, we are going to see a pent-up flood of additional illegal crossings. Again, we're already at all-time records. This will take it to, to, to yet another level. Uh, and I think he's worried about being blamed. So he is saying that it's a political move or that he's worried about it being blamed. And uh, Gavin Newsom, Newsom 
Um, surprised, I think, a lot of people. But today I'm seeing uh, people kind of uh, on all sides and on all stations, by the way, because I, I think it's important that you take a look at what the people at Fox News are saying, but also CNN, MSNBC. If for nothing else, you find out that they're saying different things, which is uh, remarkable. Um, so they're still saying different things. And I'll get into that a little bit. But everybody's talking about this today because we have a major crisis coming. Okay, this is Elias Mendoza. He is an immigration attorney, and uh, he pointed out that there's already 1.7 million cases backlogged in the courts for immigration cases, and this is what he thinks is about to happen. Less tools simply means more inefficiencies, and it means more of the same problems. And so we have more and more problems coming, and uh, this is uh, Jose Diaz-Balart on MSNBC. We just heard some of the horror stories that people face just when they get to Mexico and trying to get to the U.S. They're being kidnapped, starved, raped, extorted. That's just in Mexico. I'm just wondering, I'm not, where is the urgency here? Where is the outrage uh, that men, women, and children are going through hell? And it seems as though, unless there's some political aspect to this, there's no outrage. There, there's no focus. I think he makes a really good point. I, you know, because this is something I believe, and I share this on this program a lot. I believe that a lot of the issues that are controversial, including immigration, where there is a difference of opinion on left and right about what to do, I think actually that most people, most people like you and me, most citizens of this country, could get together and actually come up with a pretty good solution. I think that 80 or 90% of us actually would agree to certain things. I tend to think that we would agree that we ought to control the border like every other country in the world does, that it really matters, that we need to stop the for this very reason, that it is so dangerous for people coming up uh, in the past from Central America in particular, but even South America now, Venezuela and other countries, to come up through Central America to try to get here. Many of them die, they are robbed, they are raped. There are so many other problems. There's a lot of kids. And what we need to understand is it's hundreds of thousands of people. And we have a we have a crisis, a humanitarian crisis, that is going to get much, much worse starting next week when Title 42, I'll explain it in a minute, goes away. And today, all of a sudden, it's being acknowledged on every channel. And I want you to hear it because I think for, I think for us as, as citizens, but more seriously as believers, that we need to have a better response because I, my opinion is that both sides don't really want, politically speaking, don't really want to resolve these issues. Like, not really. And I'm going to give you the, the political Scott Furrow cynicism of it. It's that this issue, whichever side you're on, raises an awful lot of money for your, your political cause that you can send out money that says we need to build a border wall and we or send out letters that say we need to build a wall, we need to close the border, we have all these people coming in and it's bad. Or you can send out money that say how dare those Republicans put uh, kids in the cages and we have to do something to to welcome these people, make them citizens. And, all. and there's all this letter writing and fundraising and both sides have certain points to make that are true, but nothing changes. It's been the same thing now for decades, and it's getting worse and worse and worse. And in the middle of it are a bunch of people, including a bunch of little kids, who are suffering, who are promised things that will not happen in the United States, who are, are, are getting themselves ultimately into Mexico and then sometimes not allowed to come in the United States. And now they've left everything behind and they're living in these tent cities right along the border. You can see it down there in San Diego in a short drive, but you see it all across the country. 
there are multiple, multiple problems, and we'll get into that. And the crisis that's about to happen in churches, we need to know this, because I think that if we continue to do nothing, we might see this as early as next week, but we're th- I think we're going to see this in the next few years if we continue to do nothing. We're going to see a massive crisis of refugees coming north because of governments that collapse in Central America and South America. These governments are, some of them are doing better places like Costa Rica, but some of them are a mess. And the poverty that is there is tremendous. If it's you and me, we would be looking for a reason to come up here. We would. And we'd be looking for a path. There needs to be, in my opinion, a path, a real path. I think most people would agree with that. We used to have that in our country. We used to have a real immigration path that really mattered. My grandfather, his first name is Ellis, Ellis James Bradley. That was his name. You know why? Because his parents came in through Ellis Island and he was, they were processed and they signed on the line and they were asked about their background. They were tested for diseases. There was all kinds of things that went on when we were bringing people in. There was a way to have immigration in a way that really does welcome people who are poor to come into this country where there is still tremendous opportunity. But there was a way to do it safely. There was a way to filter out the criminals. There was a way to do to filter out people who were lying or people who had uh, nefarious reasons for coming. And we have a lot of that now. And now we're dealing with fentanyl and so many other things. There's a crisis coming, and it might be that the government's not going to do anything. At the end of the day, there'll be a lot of talk and a lot of yelling. Um, but what is it? This is Anderson Cooper on CNN discussing this today. Ed, I mean, it's extraordinary how collapsed our immigration system is, and there's no resolution in, in sight here. I mean, if Title 42, which was a Trump-era policy, which was continued by the Biden administration, when the, the courts are forcing it to end, if it comes to an end, I mean, that at least forced, allowed the government to force people back to Mexico. What happened? And then his guest, uh, Ed Lavendera, who is in El Paso, this is what he had to say. Title 42 is essentially a public health policy. It is not an immigration policy. And as the clock ticks toward next week, this is the scene here in downtown El Paso that is already playing out. People on the streets, many of the shelters filled past capacity. Many of the people here either will be sleeping on the street or they're waiting for a bus that will be leaving in the middle of the night. This is the concern that so many people here in the city and across border uh, communities are concerned about, that everything will just be uh, overwhelmed to such a degree that scenes like this will be playing out, creating just a humanitarian disaster. The scene behind him looks like Skid Row in Los Angeles, okay? Tent cities, people laying just under blankets on the sidewalk, hundreds of people, probably thousands of people. I wonder how aware we are that this has been building for a long time. If you watch, you know, if you watch Fox News, this is like the the major story. They probably talk about it too much all of the time. But if you watch CNN or MSNBC, you probably are surprised that all of a sudden this is a big issue because they, at least when I'm watching, they hardly ever talk about it. It's such a, and this is because of the politics, right? This is because this has become a left and right issue. My view is that it's a fundraising issue for both sides. And that's why for 40 years, okay, 40 years, we've not made a decision that would actually help this issue. And I think the dam might be breaking, and I think that people are seeing this. You're listening to Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow. You can join our conversation at 888-528-2557. Where I'm going with it is this. How do we as believers have compassion on both sides of this issue? And how are we as churches and believers ready to go beyond the politics 
and really help people. So my view is, is that everybody would, most of us, really could come up to a really good solution. I think we can control borders. I think that we can have an immigration process that actually works, that is something that is positive for people who would like to come to this country, that would be positive for business in our country, that would be positive for so many reasons, just like it has been in our history. And I think we can have a much better relationship with countries that are south of the border in helping them develop and get past some of the corruption or the crime that creates and, and sustains a lot of the problem that's bound there. If you've ever been on a mission trip, you know what? Go to Central America. Go to El Salvador. Go to Guatemala. Go to Honduras. Go to Nicaragua. These countries, and you're going to meet wonderful people who have who love their country, who would like the opportunities that the Americans provide. But actually, the people that I talk to, every single one would say, "Yeah, I'd like to have what you have, but I would much rather have it here." And there is so much more that we can do here. Veronica Escobar, who is an, a Democrat uh, congresswoman from El Paso, uh, she was on CNN, and this is what she had to say. Actually, yeah. You are 100% right, Kate. Um, th- I am afraid that a catastrophe will happen, that, um, you know, the, the, that there will be uh, homeless migrants on the streets and freezing temperatures and people will die. I'm worried about that. Um, and, and will that break through the logjam in Congress? I don't know if even that will change things. So politically, what do we need to do to break through? And that's been the big challenge for me, because to be perfectly candid, um, you know, with such narrow majorities in the even in the House, even with a Democratic majority, you know, there are a number of House Democrats who are concerned that, um, you know, if they sound if they support immigration reform, that, you know, that will harm them at home. And and here's the reality. Here's the, the reality around that political issue. Poll after poll shows that Americans want us to pass immigration reform. Poll after poll say that Americans want immigration reform passed. I That's completely true. Then you might ask, well, why is there so much politics that she's talking about? Why can't we do anything? If, if everybody thinks we ought to do something, then why don't we do something? And the reason is because people don't agree on what immigration reform is when the rubber meets the road. Does that make sense? It's that I bet almost every person, probably every person in this audience would say, yes, we should have immigration reform, but we would not agree on what that is. In a strict definition, you know, to reform something, it means to change into an improved form or condition, you know, by amending or removing faults or abuses. Uh, But see, in a political sense, that's what, you know, when we say reform, we're usually saying, well, let's reform it for the good. We're not saying, you know, when somebody says, I want reform, you're not saying, let's reform it for the bad. And who says that? But in a political sense, immigration reform, it might include expanded or open immigration or no borders, or it might include closing the border, stopping immigration altogether, having no immigration. It could mean all of the above. Anything you think ought to, ought to be done, that could be immigration reform. And so behind the, the words immigration reform, people mean different things for what that means. And that's where you get into the politics. It means something else to different people. You know, almost anybody would say they're in favor of immigration reform because they have an idea of what that is and they have a belief, you know, that what we're doing doesn't work, obviously. Um, this is something that Congresswoman Escobar thinks that it means. We have the business community. I hear from business leaders 
all the time. Republican business leaders, CEOs who tell me, why can't we put some of those folks to work? You know, we have a labor shortage in our country. Let's think about this strategically. And so the rest of the country understands that it's to our benefit to pass immigration reform and address this once and for all. We just need that to get through to members of Congress. See, her thought is is complex in the sense that it's about letting people in and putting them to work somewhere, which is historically, if you go back, you know, 100 and some years, that's what we did. But there's a whole lot of problems to that right now. I mean, we have problems with that with our own people, right? Do we expect people to work or do we are we just as happy putting them on uh, state assistance? Seems like we're very happy doing that. We have we have 70,000 homeless people in Los Angeles County right now with and those these are homeless people, not people who are receiving a lot of assistance. These are people who don't even have a place to live. And we don't seem to have an expectation that we want recovery for people who are on drugs or mental health care for people who have issues or a job for people who uh, are just waiting for, you know, there there are so many problems. So that's that's one side of it. Right now, we seem to not care as much about education as we need to, or we're arguing about it so much, but not doing anything. And uh, we've got a lot of problems, and this is going to have to be solved. And one of the things I'm concerned about is that we're not. And so where does the Christian fall on this? Not what is our opinion of what needs to be done. Let's assume nothing gets done. What are we going to do as churches? 888-528-2557 is the number. David in Culver City, welcome to Southern California Live. Scott? Hi, David. Go ahead. Totally. Hi. I completely agree with you. All right. Most most citizens want the government to get together and come up with a bipartisan solution to immigration. Yeah. Uh, they haven't even solved the the dreamers problem yet, and that's been going on for fifteen years. Yeah. I mean, this, like you said, everything gets politicized. One side says they're rapists and drug addicts and horrible people. Another side emphasizes that we should welcome everybody. But, you know, I think it's also an international problem. I think people are on the move from Ukraine. They're on the move from Cuba. They're on the move from Central America. They're on the move from Africa. I think this is a worldwide problem. Mm. And I think our government should take the lead in doing something about it. But you know what's going to happen when the Republicans take control of Congress. They're going to work on Hunter Biden's laptop just like the stupid Democrats have been struggling over Donald Trump's crime. Yeah. I mean, they're not doing anything. And I, I agree with you totally. I, I'm very frustrated when I listen to what the government's doing, not addressing homelessness, not addressing the dreamers, not addressing sensible immigration reform. I don't know. And we're powerless as citizens because it's the politicians they're supposed to get things done. Yeah, I and think we elect these people and they still don't do anything. You know, David, it's a great day because we definitely agree with each other here uh, today. And, you know, what can we do, though? That, is there something are we really powerless as citizens? Is there something we can do where we just kind of say, OK, the government's not going to do anything? What do we do? What happens if you know, some of these people are right and hundreds of thousands of people are coming over the border? What do we do? Well, you know, here's the problem. Like you, you alluded to before, most people that lived in Nicaragua or most people that lived in El Salvador would want to come to the United States for better life for their family. Yeah. 
So I think one part of comprehensive reform is helping these countries economically rather than spending the money here to resettle the immigrants. I mean, I don't have the solution. But you know something? I think uh, Christians need to pressure their politicians to tell them, you know something? You don't come up with immigration reform, you're not getting reelected. I'm listening very carefully to what your ideas are. You don't have any ideas on this very important issue. I don't want you in Congress. If all you're going to do is in, uh, investigate Hunter Biden's laptop, I don't need you there for that. I think uh, I we, mean, you know, I, I, we've got to do something, right? Because we're spending a lot of energy on a lot of stuff. And, and this problem is decades old. Uh, right. My whole life we've been right. talking it's about this problem. Yeah. All right, David, thank very you so much for your, thank you so okay. much for your call and listen to Southern California Live. So what do you think we can do? I think, um, you know, I don't want to be just on the page of always being cynical. But, you know, honestly, for decades, we've talked about change. And when we come back, I'll tell you a little bit more about what Title 42 is. I think we need to have some some understanding. And I'm there's some alarming figures about fentanyl deaths and other things like that. And, you know, we've got to do something. We've got to start with, with prayer, church, we've got to pray, but we have to take action because this is, it is people made in the image of God who are, are suffering on all ends of this. And whatever your position is, left or right, whatever it is, um, we have to do something. And maybe this is a time for us to say, you know what, Washington's not working. I agree with David. You know, we ought to be able to say to our Congress people, hey, I'm not electing you if you don't solve these issues. But I think we do say that and then we reelect them anyway. I mean, that's that is just the case. And and what what happens a lot of the time, even what happened this time when people thought, you know, a lot of change, there was hardly any change. Almost every person in both parties got reelected across the country at every level of government. Almost every person got reelected a couple of weeks ago. And that, that's wild. I got to take a break. We'll be back for your calls. 888-528-2557. 888-528-2557. I'll tell you how fentanyl is fitting in to all of this when we return. This is Scott Furrow. The Thursday edition of SoCal Live will continue. Stay tuned. This is SoCal Live with Scott Furrow. Text Scott right now in the SoCal Live studio at 213-537-3812. I think it is, Nora. I think it's a national security issue. I think it's a public safety issue. I think it's a public health issue. Deaths among teens have tripled. And in the last year, the DEA says it is investigating more than 120 cases that involve social media. That was Deputy Attorney General Lisa Monaco talking about the the national crisis. She was asked on the CBS Evening News why the immigration crisis is not a national crisis in particular because of its relationship to drugs and fentanyl, and which is a great question. And today, welcome back to Southern California Live, by the way, 888-528-2557. Today, you might have noticed no matter what news station you're, you're watching, suddenly the immigration issue is alarming because of Title 42 expiring next week, most likely. The government might try to find some way to hold on to it or something similar, but it's expected. Even Governor Newsom has said it needs to stay or something similar until something better is worked out. At the end of the day, what we've been talking about is how there, there's been no immigration reform that's meaningful over the past 40 years. And what's going to happen if hundreds of thousands of people are coming over the border? When it comes to the, the fentanyl issue, uh, it is very significant. There 
Nora O'Donnell on CBS Evening News last night uh, correctly pointed out that drug overdose deaths for fentanyl alone in the United States in 2021, and it'll be the same or more in 2022, for fentanyl alone, drug overdose deaths amount to more than all of the American deaths in the Vietnam War, the Afghanistan and Iraqi wars combined. That's in one year. 71,000 fentanyl deaths in the United States. 77% of all adolescent deaths in our country right now are fentanyl-related of of, uh, adolescent overdoses. 77%. And we, so far, are really doing nothing. We say we're doing something. This is the president's spokesperson, Karine Jean-Pierre, answering questions about this today. Uh, especially because of what, what the last administration did. And they completely gutted the system. And we know that uh, this has been a, a multi-decade long problem. We need to modernize the system. And this is something that the president has put forth. And we are looking for uh, Congress to act. We are asking Congress to act. So they're blaming Congress and Trump. Trump blamed Obama. Obama blamed Bush. Bush blamed Clinton. And the blame just keeps going on. And yet we have this crisis. Uh, What happens if uh, we have hundreds of thousands of people coming over the border? I think that's happening one day. It might be next week. It might be next year. I think that this is going to get worse and worse until there is something serious that is done. 888-528-2557. 888-528-2557. Jeff in Fullerton, welcome to Southern California Live. Hi, Scott. Um, I have to disagree. Uh, I agree partially, but I have to disagree. A gentleman also said that the Democrats were investigating Trump's crime. Well, he didn't have any crime that he was convicted of or anything like that. But But they've been investigating him constantly, right? And his point was that the Republicans coming in now are just going to investigate Hunter Biden. I think the point he's trying to make is that an awful lot of energy is being spent by both parties on these kinds of things, but not on issues like the border. Well, I disagree. Um, You said there's not been any uh, serious immigration reform. Well, the Immigration Act of 1986 legalized millions of illegal immigrants. Yeah, but 40 years ago. That's the the point, is that it's decades. I know. know It's less than 40 years ago. But the, the point is, it was done at that time, and a lot of people were legalized and given... Uh, amnesty. Then in the Immigration Act of 1990, they tried to give penalties to people that hire illegals, and they also um, increased the number of illegals uh, allowed across the border. But I, I'll be partisan, but I'm being truthful. The the Democrats have done nothing. They Every time we try to do something about immigration, they call us racist. Mm-hmm. Now, now, Donald Trump built a wall, and they were totally against it. They said everything, called them racist, this and that, and now these people are streaming across the border, and I know that there's a lot of good ones. I know these people are looking for a better life, but there's also a lot of, there's terrorists, there's uh, drug dealers. I know of a person who, I have a friend that died of fentanyl in uh, Arizona. I don't know if it was from Mexico, but the point is, it could have been. Mm-hmm. You know, this is ridiculous. And when when they cry racism all the time, Republicans just, you know, and there's a lot. There's some Republicans that say they are for immigration reform, and then when they get elected, they don't do anything. Yes, I agree there are those type of rhinos because they don't want to be called racist. But uh, I, I disagree. I mean, this is getting out of control. And now if you see it on the news, like Nora O'Donnell, they haven't covered it for 
for years. Right. And now all of a sudden, Title 42 is ending, and they're, they're, they have to cover it. Yeah, they so have to cover crazy. it. As far as doing something, as far as helping, I don't know, man. I, I you know, I pray. I don't know what, what we can do, um, you know, except treat people individually the best we can and maybe contribute to church ministries that are trying to minister to them. But but we have to do something to stop it, not out of spite or hate, but because this is out of control and we're losing our country. So. It's, it's a huge deal. All right, Jeff, thank you for your call and uh, your input on that, 888-528-2557. You know, I think he makes... Uh, you know, he he had to go back to 1986. That's the last one, the Immigration Reform and Control Act, and that was signed into law by President Reagan. Um, and what that did was it gave amnesty to people who were here then illegally uh, with certain conditions, and they were, and that also was what required employers then to start uh, requesting a Form I-9 to make sure that you were a citizen, right? Um, but really, nothing has been done since then. I mean, when you got to go back to Ronald Reagan. We've had multiple changes in who's in control of Congress and who's in control of the White House. And this is the ultimate point I'm making here, is that it doesn't seem like our government is capable, either party, whichever party you blame more. And you know what? Yeah, people are being called racist and they're being called you hate America and whichever side you're on. And we're arguing about these things. But the problems continue to get worse and worse and worse. And at the end of the day, you have people who are in terrible shape who have tremendous poverty, many of whom are going to come here and not find the American dream that they were hoping for. Some do. And you know what? Honestly, I really believe this. I believe that most of us, I believe most of us could get together in a room and and hammer out a policy. There'll be other people who have to figure it out, but hammer out a policy for immigration that involves controlling the border and protecting it from terrorists or criminals, the gang members. And uh, the drugs is a huge deal. I mean, the, the fentanyl thing, we have to take some responsibility, right? Because we're taking it. We have a we have a philosophical, spiritual problem in our country that we're turning to to drugs and painkillers so much, even the kids. All right, so we have to have some responsibility for that. However, because we're the customer at the end of the day, but we also should know that there's tremendous pressure and and uh, manipulation going on by the cartels. Talk to anybody who's in law enforcement in Southern California, and they will tell you that the cartels. Uh, are pushing these fentanyl pills into our state and into the hands of kids. And it is a massive law enforcement problem. And the border is the biggest reason why this is a problem. And, you know, the, the outrage is that the outrage is usually toward each other's party. And Jeff is right. We're calling each other names. Um, but, Still, 1986, last time something was – and we didn't even do what was said then. And It was a compromise from Ronald Reagan on what to do uh, back then, and the other side of the compromise never happened. I mean the, the wall thing is not really Donald Trump's idea. That has been actually even funded and thought about for decades, uh, and it hasn't been completed. 888-528-2557 is the number. Tyrone in Los Angeles, welcome to Southern California Live. Uh, how are you doing today? I'm all right, Tyrone. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. Well, I just got an idea. As Americans, and as as the richest country, you know, richest country in the world. I mean, one time they they were talking about building this bullet train <laughs> from coast to coast. Yeah. Why can't you get immigrants to help build that and use American money instead of trying to stop them from crossing the borders? 
And as you build this bullet train, you can build community along the bullet train. You can build, like, uh, 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 casinos. You can build, uh, 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 um, you know, places to go, places to do. You I know, mean, think like that. You know, Tyrone, it's it's thinking like that that what I'm saying is that I think that regular people like you and me can come up with some solutions, right? I mean, you, you have to have people who are, yeah. are here who are capable of doing that kind of work and who want to do that kind of work. There's a lot of issues involved. That's why you should control the border, but you should have some kind of immigration system like we used to have, the Ellis Island thing, where people were brought here to build the country, right? They were brought exactly. here for a reason, and but it was controlled. It wasn't something that was willy-nilly, Right. Um, but and see right, what and but, you can tax these people also. Yeah. See, but you're you're providing a a solution that is interesting, probably one that we could afford, probably one that we could manage. But it's not going to happen if the government doesn't go that route. Uh, but you're I think you yeah. make a, a good point there, Tyrone. Thanks for listening to Southern California Live. Eight 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 five two eight two five five seven. I want to explain because Title Forty Two. You might be saying, well, what is that? You know, and uh, that's something you're going to keep hearing about on the news. I suspect there might be some kind of temporary, you know, stopgap measure if there's really a panic here, and partly because, you know, I understand that uh, each administration wants to blame the last one. But my thought is that for the Biden administration, you've been in there two years. You don't, whatever Trump did or didn't do, you don't get to blame him anymore. You own it. You know, how long should presidents be allowed to blame the last guy? You know, I think six months. After six months, it does, you own it. Whatever it is, even if it's a 70-year-old problem, it's yours now. I think we should have that attitude. Mr. Biden, this is your problem now. Don't blame Donald Trump or anybody else. It's your problem. Maybe you solve it. Maybe the next president doesn't have to deal with it. Title uh, 42. Um, Tell you what, I got to take a break, and I I do see your calls on there. I want to get to them. Title 42 has been in the courts ever since the, uh, the pandemic, and especially in the Biden administration. It's part of the Public Health Service of 1944. It's something that's pretty old, but it was never really implemented until the Trump administration invoked it in uh, March of 2020 because of the spread of COVID-19. When we come back, I'll explain that a little bit more in detail and uh, so that you know what that is, and I'll take your calls, 888-528-2557. You're listening to Southern California Live. Scott Furrow, your host. I'll be back as the Thursday edition continues. And also a reminder, uh, drop off your toys for the CHP Toy Drive right here at 701 North Brand Boulevard in Glendale. You have just a few minutes left to do that in the circle right outside our studios today. Uh, go to kkla.com if you're in L.A. to understand more about that. You can also, if you're too far away and you want to donate to it, uh, you can text the word TOYS to 76278. All right, Thursday edition, SoCal Live. We'll be right back. This is SoCal Live with Scott Furrow. Join the conversation now by texting Scott in the SoCal Live studio at 213-537-3812. And there's no question in my mind um, that we are not prepared for a a post-Title 42 world. Uh, And we need to reconcile the fact that the federal government is not committed to comprehensive reform. And that is a perilous path that we're on. That was Gavin Newsom yesterday, who is suddenly speaking out about immigration in ways that he hasn't before, along with many other people. We've been talking about that this hour because Title 42 is likely to expire next week. And when that happens, it will take away a tool that is used by Border Patrol to uh, capture people who come over the border illegally and send them back to Mexico 
And the numbers are staggering. We're talking about hundreds of thousands of people who will now likely be able to come across the border. And right now there's no other plan in immigration reform. The big picture in immigration reform we've been talking about is how both sides don't seem to solve the issue, not for decades. And everybody talks about it, and people call each other names, and uh, both sides have bad things to say about the other side. But at the end of the day, uh, not much has been done, actually, from the standpoint of policy. My view is that this is going to get worse unless we can come together as a country. I think most of us would actually find ways to agree, I really do, on how to handle this. Title 42, and I'll take your calls here in just a minute, 888-528-2557. Thank you for holding on there. But... You know, Title 42 is part of the Public Health Service Act of 1944. It's not something new or something that Donald Trump came up with or his administration. And according to the law, whenever the United States Surgeon General, later that got changed in the 60s to the CDC once that was created, but it used to be the Surgeon General, whenever they determine that there's a communicable disease in another country, health officials have the authority with the approval of the president to prohibit the introduction of persons and property from such countries or places. Okay, so this is the law that was used at the beginning of the pandemic to stop people from coming into the country. All right. And, uh, you know, everybody was screaming all kinds of stuff originally, but most countries have similar types of laws that they um, enacted during the COVID. And that happened here in the Trump administration. Um, And it was activated because of COVID-19. It's actually the first time it's been activated, even though it was passed in 1944. Um, And... uh, What's happening is that the courts are finding it to be unconstitutional or problems. The Biden administration hasn't liked it and has wanted to remove it, Um, but nothing has been done to replace it, okay? Um, And that is what people are concerned about, is that if this um, is actually gone next week, then the hundreds of thousands of people, many of whom are turned back and sent into Mexico, will just enter the country, And the crisis that's coming is we're talking about people living on the streets, thousands of people potentially living on the streets of our cities and cities across the country who have no support, no help. And we can't take care of the homeless people we already have on the street. What are we going to do? And, you know, I would encourage you to listen uh, to the rest of this hour if you're just tuning in to kind of get some of the thoughts about it. Um, I think that there is a crisis coming where the church is going to have to do stuff and uh, forget about the politicians who don't seem to want to actually do something about it. Uh, the numbers are are very staggering as far as how uh, large of an increase, particularly in the last two years, has happened. It was increasing in the first couple of years of the Trump administration, uh, and then it declined and plummeted, actually, with the COVID in Title 42. And in the, the Biden administration, it has overall more than doubled, and uh, it's quadrupled since... Um, the end of the uh, of 2020. Uh, it's a significant major problem. It's much bigger than it ever has been. And, and part of what I'm coming from, I know a lot of people, and we should, we need to have humanitarian concerns. We need to have concerns about safety and drugs. We've talked about this hour, but there has been almost nothing done. And so what are we going to do? 888-528-2557. Donnie in Sherman Oaks, welcome to Southern California Live. Hey, Scott. How's it going, man? Good, Donnie. How are you? I'm doing well, man. Uh, I, you know, I listen from time to time, and I've, I've felt compelled to call in. You've been kind of – I see you dancing around this very salient point that you're making, that it seems like neither of these parties 
are really working in our best interest. And you make the point that Joe blames Trump, who blames Obama, who blames uh, Bush, and the the line the can continues to get kicked down the road. Mm-hmm. And and I'm and I'm just interested that in what is keeping us as listeners here, where we hear these very true points. You know, what's keeping us from making the next obvious step that none of these people are working in our best interest? Both Trump uh, and Clinton and numerous other elites from both sides of the aisle were affiliated with Jeffrey Epstein and flew on his plane. Uh, both have engaged in drug tra- our own CI our own three letter agencies have engaged in putting drugs into our streets. All so- right. Well, I know that there's a lot of stories. Thank you for your call on that. I realize there's a lot of controversy there with our government and things like that. I don't know that I, you know the Jeffrey Epstein connection and things like that. I just don't know what's true there. I don't even know how to tell you. I mean, there's a controversy, right? Is that somebody got convicted for uh, setting up those girls with him, and then we didn't find out who any of the people who were there were. Right, we don't find out who. The, there's a controversy there for sure, and I appreciate your call. I want to go on to the next one because I want to focus on what do we actually do. I think you know both sides that we haven't solved anything or actually put forward legislation or things that we can agree with, and we're maybe a week away from a major crisis. Rupert in Los Angeles, welcome to Southern California Live. Hello, good I, afternoon. My name is Rupert. I, I I'm from Venezuela. Yeah, yeah. So. Um, my concern that I want to express by this way is um, right now the Biden administration is making deals, uh, business with the government of my country, which um, uh, the, the, the people that is in charge of the government. He's making the oil deals, the oil deals with their com- yeah. your country, right? Yeah, oil deals. They are releasing prisoners uh, who, who got money illegal. Um, I mean, uh, I don't know. You are talking about the immigration problems. Um, how could it happen? How could uh, change the situation if the problems come from the White House? That's my concern. Yeah, it's going to be hard to change if the and that's what I said at the top of the hour that I think our politicians benefit from the problem not being solved. And yes, that, that is yeah. a big problem. Hey, uh, Rupert, thanks for calling Southern California Live. Thank you. Um, you know, and I don't mean it to be to be cynical. I mean, it, it is. But when you have a problem that has gone on for decades and something where I think most of us could actually probably agree with some solution, I think most of us agree. In fact, you know, one of the reasons that Donald Trump, I think, got elected, I mean, people kind of wonder, and he talks about the wall. Um, you know, when he said that originally, like 2015, you know, there were certain things that he said where people were like, oh, yeah, we should do that. Clearly, I think people agree we should control the border. My opinion is we need to control both borders, right? There was, there's been one terrorist come over the border who got caught. His plan was to blow up the Space Needle in Seattle. Remember that guy? He came over illegally from Canada. You know, how do we know if anybody's even looking in North Dakota who's coming over that border? You know, I think it's important today that countries control their borders even when they're really huge. But I also think that we need to to keep in mind that as Americans, we have had uh, this this ethos where we invite people here for better opportunity. We just need to go back to having a process for that that works. I think most of us could agree. We had it when there was Ellis Island, when people came through in New York and they registered on that island and they were checked for diseases and some of them were sent back because they were criminals or because they couldn't verify things. There was, there was quarantines. There was a whole lot of stuff. 
part of what's happened in our in our politics is we want to say that that is in, inhumane or it's racist or it's something else. So we don't want to do that. But if we're not willing to actually have some kind of process, if we're not willing to actually enforce laws that already exist or have laws that make sense or change the laws that don't make sense, if we aren't willing or capable to do that, then the crisis is coming. And we have the crisis in fentanyl, which every law enforcement agency agrees is related to the border issue. We have the crisis of of immigrants coming here, most of whom are just looking for a better life, but some of them are, are not, uh, are coming here with criminal intent. Um, but we're in a place where even without having organization, what's happening is they're coming to our cities like we, we are seeing in El Paso right now, where there's thousands of people laying in the street and nobody knows how to manage this group of people. There's no projects. No People say, put them to work somewhere. Okay, well, what piece of work is there? My friends, there is work for our government to do, and no doubt this is an issue that the government is going to have to step into. And we can talk about it uh, around and around. Can I encourage you, number one, to be praying for our leaders and stuff that maybe they'll actually do something and find a way to agree? There's got to be certain things we can agree on. But secondly, what happens if nothing happens and this crisis gets worse and worse and worse? I think Jesus is calling us to care for the poor and the oppressed wherever they are. My opinion is churches need to be on board with helping people who do make it into this country, whether legal or not, they deserve to be fed and helped. But also we should be, in my view, sending mission teams and supporting mission organizations that are actually helping build these countries in Central America in particular. We have a role to play because the long-term solution is we make every place a better place to live. So you don't want to leave your country because you don't have to, because there is opportunity. It's an interesting thing about our country that we, in our history, we've not been very good at exporting uh, our values. That's very, very hard to do. And we suffered actually for a long time because of, you know, to get to a place where we had the values we have. But there has to be something that can be done here. And for churches, we got to care for people and we got to pray that our government uh, is able to do that. And I think we need to speak with a voice, not right or left. You might be far to the right or far to the left and what you think ought to be done. That's fine. But I think we have to at least acknowledge that nothing is being done. And this is a crisis that is very, very serious. All right, we're done for today. Open line Friday. Tomorrow we'll talk about whatever you'd like. Maybe we'll make a major announcement. Who knows? This is Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow. We're here every day from 3 to 5. God bless you. See you tomorrow. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.